there. <laughs> I'm taking the show on the road and I am here with my girlfriend Chris today to talk about her path to becoming a single mom by choice. I'm super excited today to have my friend Chris here and I cannot wait for her to share um, her story to you guys and she is one of my single mom friends and we have really just kind of walked this path together for years now and she has a different story than I do and I just can't wait for her to share part of her story for you guys today. Yay, thank Yay. you for doing this. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. So, Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you arrive at the kind of choice mom junction? How did that become a, a thing in your life? Well, um, I, gosh, that's a good question. It's a big question. Um, basically, I always wanted to have kids and I always thought that I would have kids like in a more conventional way and as I kind of eked my way through my 30s, I kept waiting for some button to click on of like, okay, you know you've wanted to have kids, but now's the right time. Mm. And a year would go by, another year, I'm like, when is this gonna feel like really the right time for me to start the process? Mm -hmm. And another year would go by and it wasn't that I was on the fence about having kids I always wanted to be a mom but I assumed at some point in my 30s that that button would switch on and and it didn't and I think part of it was my situation my relationship situation so I got married when I was 37 to just this beautiful lovely human being who um, I'm still connected to today and we're on good terms um, the marriage did not work out but it was all done with love and um, and I think the idea was had I wanted to have kids conventionally I would have done it during that time period mm -hmm. but I wasn't willing because the the marriage was somewhat uncertain um, I didn't want to bring a child into a marriage that I thought, oh gosh, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to bring my child into um, a divorce, potentially divorced situation. And not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, knowing what I knew, it just didn't feel right. So I would, you know, I would schedule a call to get my IUI removed and then I would call the day before and cancel the appointment mm -hmm. and um, I just had to follow my instincts and my gut on that one and so eventually the marriage ended and I just felt like um, I also felt like I don't want to have a kid on my own I can't have a kid on my own that's what I thought like oh it's okay. too hard okay. it'd be way too hard I can't I can't do this how okay. do you afford it how do you how do you even go through the process of it right and so yeah tell me a little bit more about that tell us about yeah. like what in your mind knowing now that you've you've actually done it and right. accomplished it what were the things that in your mind 
were obstacles that you thought, I can't do it because? I just thought it, it's a two person job. Like you need two people to do it, whether it's two men, two women, or a husband and wife or partners. Um, I just felt like literally the work of it would be too much. Like how do you, how do you raise this child, a baby on your own, an infant, and you know, all the, all the things that you have to learn about, mm -hmm. about that. Um, so it was mostly the work. I also, you know, am a self-employed person and I was like, I can't afford to mm. do this on my own. And I've heard IVF is like people spend anywhere from 20 to hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So kind of those, those assumptions were there and, um, yeah, I think it was that. Like, I just thought it would be too hard and too expensive. And I didn't, the other thing was, I didn't know anyone who had done okay. that. I didn't know anyone who had walked down this path. Mm -hmm. And so I liken it to like coming out of the closet in 1950. Yeah. Like, nobody knew anyone who was gay. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up um, just feeling this internal angst around a desire to be a mom but also not feeling like I wanted to rush into another relationship and make such a huge decision with somebody that I didn't know okay and so, so you I were still like, dating you were still that was still your top priority totally to have a child in a traditional relationship yes that would have been my first choice yeah um and then eventually um I decided well, what happened was I had a conversation with one of my very best friends and she said, you know, uh, uh, let me, let me preface it with this. I found myself in this internal pickle, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. like in this, like something's got to give. It can't, it has to be, right. we're like, right. I definitely want to be a mom. I definitely don't have a situation right now where I can feel like I can make that happen, but I have to be a mom. Right. Yeah. And I don't know any other path to doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it felt like, like Goldilocks with like just the two choices and, and both of them didn't feel like possible. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I talked to a friend and I remember, I remember where I was standing. I was in my office and I remember we were on the phone and she lives in another country and she was like, but she's known me my whole life. And she was like, you know, if you really want to have a child, you can do this on your own. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I hadn't maybe heard that before, right. but it was the way she said it and the time she said it in that moment in my life that it like reverberated through my body. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. It right. was, isn't it crazy how insurmountable it seems like I can't do this because of this, because of this, because of this. And like those, those obstacles seem so insurmountable. And then a single conversation mm -hmm. can break that down. Like that's something that I want people to understand is like, if they're in a position where they're feeling in the pickle, like you're yeah. describing, like, I can't do this. I don't think I can afford it. I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I have the support. Whatever the obstacles are, that the resolution of those obstacles can come in a single conversation. Totally. Yes. Totally. And for me, I think it was, you know, whatever 
divine universe, whatever, like the timing was really there for right. me. Yes. And also the, the, the beliefs around that are really around thinking, which yes. can, can change also in an instant. Right. So, um, I really kind of looked at it from a different perspective and I was like, okay, what are the reasons, how are the reasons I can do this? Yes. And I literally like made a list. I'm like, I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. I have the flexibility to be a mom and be present. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can, I kind of also looked at like the finances of it. And there are some really affordable ways to do it. Like mm-hmm. I actually found a clinic that would allow me three rounds of IVF for $13,000. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, check that box. Right. Like, it's that's it, amazing. Yes. Yep. And also, I think it came from a confidence standpoint. Like, this is going to sound funny, but I got I, I got my dog eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and having him. <laughs> Being a dog mom prepared me <laughs> totally to be like, did. It literally yeah. gave me the confidence of, like, oh, I can totally do this. Okay. Like, I can keep another creature alive. Yes. Like it was a baby step. Yeah. But that my my dog Henry was kind of a um a baby step in that direction for me. And so anyway, I had that conversation with my friend and I was in my office. It reverberated through my body and then I was I think awake for maybe like 20 hours wow. after that because yeah. it was like my world changed. Mm-hmm. There was like a portal that opened up and I was of possibility. Yes. And I was still like, okay, who's done this? Right. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people. Yeah. And so that part was like kind of the big gray area. And I have a friend who is a, a lesbian and she was like sharing with me how she came out of the closet way back when and mm-hmm. she said she um she was in college and she was in the in Santa Barbara and she went to she's like I just need to like look at people who are my people okay and so she went to a gay bar and it was like at a random like <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon and she didn't talk to anybody she just sat there and she just wanted to witness that there were other people mm-hmm. on a similar path that uh-huh. she was on and and so she and I, and she also is married to a woman and gone through IVF. So mm-hmm. she was a great resource, resource for me. Mm-hmm. And she told me, she goes, you need to find your people. Okay. And it was kind of like homework. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I, part of that um, process was watching this documentary, which mm-hmm. is why I think the work you're doing here on this channel is mm. so important. I basically watched this documentary called First Comes Love, uh-huh. and it was it was about a woman who went through the path, and it was like just witnessing her journey and just mm-hmm. getting my eyes on people that were doing it just brought in that possibility, and I knew, I knew right away that I was going to do it, right. um, and I just needed... I needed a community piece of mm-hmm. it. And so I got on a meetup and again, this took like months, like, cause mm-hmm. I had to take a, I had to get the courage, you yeah. know, to do it. And in hindsight, it's like, what's the big deal? But right. when you're in it and then you feel like kind of a, a bit of an alien, like, right. 
okay, I'm moving through this world. And like, I remember even dating felt different. Yeah. I had like, I had decoupled the idea of dating in a man and being a mom. Right. And all of a sudden dating felt like so much more fun. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, I'm doing it. Because it didn't have right? the weight of the pressure of no. like, it has to be like this and then I'm screening you and then we have to get married and we have the baby and I'm in a hurry. Right. Yeah. You're right. And at what point do I tell you I want to have a kid? Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so um, I ended up dating and I'm trying to think. I told, I, I, date, I was dating like over the course of maybe that year, like two different people. And I told one of them like, I'm going to have a kid on my own, like mm-hmm. after maybe a month or, or so. And he was like, awesome. Like super okay. stoked. He yeah. was a dad of three and he just was like, I just totally want to support you. Anyway, that kind of, that relationship did not last. Great guy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then I dated another guy a little while later and I, I was like, I'm going to have a kid on my own. Like, I don't know, after uh-huh. a little while. And... He was like, it was as if I had told him that I had terminal cancer. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I really? was like, I'm gonna live. Yeah, <laughs> don't it's worry. Be okay. I'm gonna live. So um, that was a put off to him. Oh, he goes. He said, and I'm so glad. Like I shared this. Yeah. It was, it was. It was a bummer, but it was also like I was so clear on my desire to become a mom that mm-hmm. it was just like. Okay, I respect that. Um, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. But he he basically was like, I don't not only like I like he's like I not only don't like kids. He's like I don't even like to be in the room when kids are around. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So All right. Like, okay. Well. Anyway, and so that's kind of how it all came to be and it was that that key conversation with a friend and then going to my very first um, meetup with and the meetup was actually people who are not thinking or trying it was people who were already moms okay and so we were at a park and I, it was just like these really lovely women running around after their toddlers mm-hmm. holding their babies and they were joyful and happy mm-hmm. and cool and heartfelt and yes. connected and wanting to help and full of information right mm-hmm. I didn't even know like where do you go to buy sperm right I didn't know anything yeah and so um and Candace is one of our friends who I met that day mm-hmm. and so it was that again like again the just the opportunity and the the idea of it just kept broadening and getting bigger and better and so that happened that was critical. And then a few months later, I met you and that beautiful day where we all, a bunch of us all met together. Yeah, I talked about coffee. it in a different yeah. video, the bakery and just meeting so many other women who were in the thinking, trying phase as opposed to women who had already had kids. Yes. These were more, and that was just happenstance. That it that wasn't. was that was so pivotal. Yes. Yeah, it was just a fluke. It was a random meetup, and there were like eight or ten women there yes. that were cool, professional, yes. like beautiful inside and out, and just like driven and fun and mm-hmm. soulful and like right. 
it was just a, an incredible day. And so it was that day that we decided to start our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And we all put our names and emails down. And we started the group and it was like eight or ten of us to begin with. And then over the course of a year, it grew up to a hundred people. This yeah. is just in, in Portland. Yeah. So... Yeah, that was something that I wanted to talk to you guys about because I hear from people who hear that we have this amazing in-person support group and this meetup that turned into a Facebook group and how amazing it was, but in their town they don't have that option or right. there is no meetup in their town and I'm like, start it. Just start it. Just yeah. start it because yeah. they don't realize like yeah. you, you're at your house and you think that you're alone because you, you're clicking like this and you don't find anybody that's like right in your town. But right. put yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. Just throw it out there, especially like COVID's going on. Do something virtual. You know, yeah. do a do a Zoom chapter of Meetup or whatever in your area because if you put that out there, I mean, we put that out there just with a few people and it right. blew up. It blew up. And, and that was word of mouth because it was a private Facebook group. So you couldn't just like look for it's it. It's all it was, right. Yes. It's hidden on Facebook. So you're not, you don't have to announce to your community that right. you're doing this. Like it's all hidden. But I think the, the key component of that was we initially met through Meetup, which yes. is a really, it's an okay platform, but it's kind of clunky and it's not super connected. It's very But it's based. geographically based. And yes. that was something so that was a key component. Like these women live by me. Right. So we started with the Meetup. That's yes. how we met at the bakery. Yes. And then that day I went home and and created the private Facebook group yes. with all of your, your emails. And that was pivotal because then we could chat with each other. Yes. And we could like post a question, hey, who's who's a good doctor here? Yes. Or I'm on my third IUI. And the idea was like a resource of information that also eventually became, as we all navigated the journey together, it became this huge support of like, okay, I got a negative test result today and, you know, cheering each other on and being there for support yes. and day-to-day. -day. So I think that Facebook group is a key to why I'm a mom today, right. like 100%. So yeah. looking back at the support that you had from this group, both in person and online, versus the support that you got from other friends because most people are coming into this and they've, they've got a group of friends and family and stuff but they don't necessarily have like their choice mom group or whatever right how important do you think it is to have that choice mom group and how did you get support or not mm -hmm. from your regular friend family group mm-hmm um i I told my parents that I was going to be doing this and they, you know, my mom felt like, you know, kind of happy about that. Um, and my dad was like, you know, whatever makes you happy. And that was like right at the beginning of the process. So mm -hmm. the whole process took probably over a couple years. Mm -hmm. And so, but they never, ever mentioned it again. And they... And so I didn't bring it up again because I was like, it's kind of a private journey too. And I, I wanted to be careful about who I shared it with, number one, because I needed support. I didn't need any kind of judgment. Right. And number two, because 
I didn't want people constantly wondering or checking in with me, how's it going, right? Or where are you? Like, are you get anytime soon? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? It could have taken me five, eight years. Right. Do you think there's a difference between people who aren't kind of in the process of trying to get pregnant, asking, checking in with you, and people who are in the process totally. checking in with totally. you? Totally, yeah. Totally. I, I mean, agree. with our group, I felt like an open book. I can right. tell you every detail. And I needed to be able to, like, share every step of mm-hmm. my journey with people um, that really understood. Mm-hmm. And um, so I felt, because I had our group, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I needed a lot of support outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I told kind of my closest friends that I was going to be doing it, but it was kind of like, it was kind of like we all did it together. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What were some things that people, maybe comments that you got from other people that were not helpful? Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) A couple things come to mind. I mean, when I, when I finally told my parents I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. my mom cried, not out of joy, <laughs> which was not helpful. <laughs> mom, those tears. Yeah, note to self, uh, or note to moms, don't do right? that. Yeah. And my dad, his response was, you know this is going to affect your career. And mm. that was not helpful. I thought that they would be overjoyed okay. and super excited and supportive and it just never occurred to me that they would react that way. Um, so that, what did that feel like? It was, it was a heartbreak. It was, I think, one of the heartbreaks of my life. Mm-hmm. It was deeply painful, um, deeply painful. But eventually they came around, and I think like they didn't. We didn't really talk much for a couple of months so I was just kind of getting bigger and bigger (laughs) and then they came back from San Diego and they were like okay this is really happening (laughs) yeah Yeah, I'm having having a baby um there was a a nurse at a hospital that said well I she said something about the dad and I'm like oh no I used a, a donor and she said well you're you know your son's gonna have to deal with that one day or something like that right like just judgment mm-hmm. but it doesn't it didn't I mean other than my parents reaction that that mm-hmm. hurt but the judgment around it is just I didn't a I didn't get much judgment right me either and B if I got it it was for people that I didn't really know or care about right and when you feel so excited and passionate and pure in mm-hmm. in what you're doing, it just doesn't matter right. what other people think. Totally, you know? it just doesn't matter. So, I had a um, business coach who I told I was pregnant, and I'll never forget his reaction because it was so um, supportive and so excited. He was just like, "Wow, <laughs> whoa!" He's like. I love it when people go after what they want. Mm-hmm. And I actually started crying because it was the response that I had been needing from okay. like 
maybe an older man. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, it was just, um, it really allowed me to experience like that level of like support and excitement uh -huh. from like kind of an uncle figure, okay. I would say. Yeah. So that was cool. What kind of maybe like stereotypes or like what did you have in your mind about like what being a choice mom, a single mom by choice would be like versus that you now know is like, oh my gosh, I was totally wrong about that. Like, did you expect more judgment than you got? Did you expect more support than you got? Did you, that work that you thought, you know, that list of things that you yeah. thought were preventative, you know, like that amount of work, like now that you're doing the work and you're living yeah. that life, like maybe talk to that, like kind of like the expectation versus the reality. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a, a bit in the movie Forrest Gump where Jenny, you know, she reconnects with Forrest and she has this little boy. Hello. And the little boy runs in and he's like, Mom, can I go watch a show? And like kind of Forrest puts the pieces together that he's the father of this kid. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, that scene in that movie all those years ago clicked in my head and it was like this idea of like this woman having this kid and they have this beautiful life together as kind of a bit of a I don't know just a family right mm -hmm. a small family um so that picture has always kind of subconsciously that picture subconsciously has informed me like I even unaware of it so as far as like what I thought was going to happen and what has actually happened, mm -hmm. um, one of the big things that I was actually thinking about earlier today, because I was talking to a friend about another friend of ours that is terminally ill, oh. and we were talking about like what their family is going to need, you know, now of course, but also what are they have three kids. What are they going to need yeah. down the road? And how can we participate in their lives and support them? And so I, what occurred to me was like, wow, this is kind of what happens when you have a baby. Everybody shows up. Everyone's oh, right. excited. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to like, you know, support you, right? Mm -hmm. But when you really need support is about a year in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and onward. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the baby part, the infant part is the challenge and you do need that support. But I have found that like, I'm finding now that my son is two and a half, that like, I really would love like, people to kind of continue to like, show up mm -hmm. in that way or like, and part of it is just asking for that help, mm -hmm. right? And I can't. No one's reading my mind. Right. Um, so it's on me, right, to ask for that help, and I totally know that. But I just kind of, I made that connection with, like, death, and mm. pe people don't need a casserole that day. They need it in three months. Right. right? And single moms, yes, they need help at the beginning, but they also really need help year one and year two, even if it's just hey, can I stop by and take your kid to the park for 30 minutes? Like, yeah. just that. Yeah. Like, and I have friends and that that's do show up in that way. Yes, and I think that's something with within our group of single moms by choice, like now that we pretty much all have kids, it has become harder 
it's not impossible mm -hmm. and we, we are doing it, but when your life is so busy and you're working full time and you're raising one or two right. kids on your own, you just, you, your capacity to show up for other people diminishes. So I think you have to really prioritize that. Like, cause mm -hmm. these connections, like this friendship that we have and this, I mean, there's almost, it's beyond friendship, mm -hmm. what we share and everything that we've been through and mm -hmm. raising these kids together. Like Chris was at the hospital with me when I delivered. I was at the hospital with Chris when she delivered. Like yes. we are like blood sisters we or totally something are. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to keep showing up for each other and it gets a little more challenging, Yeah. but it's still so important. And yeah. it's really like, past important it's necessary totally. I think I think you and I are composing somewhat similar lives uh -huh. where that connection is really important to us and you have to consciously prioritize it because it does become challenging because you really just don't have as many hours in the day you don't you know it, it comes down to math totally and values right yeah. do you value your friendships yeah and like the priority piece so I value friends that invest in relationships with me because I invest in relationships mm -hmm. with them and also it's for our kids too right because then they get to know each other and they talk about each yeah. other and they're going to be growing up together like family yeah too. and I love the fact that both of my girls will always have friends that are donor conceived so that that's not going to be something that is super unique to them they're like yeah yeah it's just kind of normal in our circle and I love that yeah yeah it's funny I didn't even really think about that until oh, really? you just mentioned it but yeah that's yeah. so true mm -hmm. so true yeah yeah